we give you all the glory here lord hallelujah to you jesus thank you lord words can't describe lord how good you are we remember your sacrifice lord where we were redeemed and cleansed and restored and called your sons and daughters we thank you jesus i pray from today lord that every person advances to know you more and to fellowship with you i pray lord for advancement today upon everyone that they may walk with you and truly please you thank you jesus bless these words today lord bless the people that are coming to listen and change them lord soften their hearts so they can receive by your holy spirit thank you lord we love you so much lord and we thank you for all that you've done for us and we remember your sacrifice we remember your kindness and your goodness that led us to repentance amen amen Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Beautiful worship. Just a clap for the worship team. And for all the people behind the scenes, um I got a bit of a bit of an echo. Just for all the people behind the scenes that make everything work, they come around 3 hours before this time to prep everything for us. So just a round of applause for them also. Thank you. Someone. Yeah. So there's an earring here. If someone's dropped it. Um it's not gold so I don't think anyone will come. That's on. Okay. Thank you for that, bro. How are we all today? Thank God. It's a pleasure to be with you today. The Holy Spirit took me a different direction. I was going to be I was going to be speaking about or continuing from strongholds slowly going into spiritual leprosy and what is spiritual leprosy. But we're going to go through a different direction here today. Um it's a good question, right? God loves everyone, right? Nothing can ever separate us from his love ever again, right? Is God pleased with everyone? Yes, no. T- today uh, you're going to ask yourself if Jesus is really pleased with you. At least someone finds it funny. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> what are the areas that Jesus focuses on where you begin to please him in your life? It's a good question, right? And to and to please someone, what does that mean for you? You're in a what with him? When you're unmarried, I have six children, and thank God Every day I try to please my wife. 
by taking the kids to school every morning. <laughs> so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving it. <laughs> She's going to get me later. <laughs> so I'm just giving an example. I'm not having a dig because they're my kids as well. So I'm in a relationship with my wife. I try to please her because that's why God created a relationship, to please each other because that is love, right? That is love. To be in a relationship, all you want to do is please them, right? Who's in a relationship here where they don't want to please their spouse or their partner? It doesn't make sense. But to be in a relationship with Jesus and God our Father and the Holy Spirit, we are to please Him. Now God loves everyone, but are you pleasing Him? Because to please Him, you've learned, then you're in a relationship with Him. God wants us to be in a relationship with Him. And it's, there's a balance. See, so many people when they first get saved, there's so much zeal. There's so much zeal where they love God and they're on fire for God, but they haven't welcomed knowledge in to see how they can actually please the Lord. So they're overexcited, they're overflowing in love, but they haven't seen the other picture of knowledge of what God actually wants that can complete us. So zeal, zeal or hunger without knowledge is dangerous. So many people have so much zeal for the Lord, but they don't have knowledge of what God is looking for in your hearts. And when Jesus was baptized, what did the Father say? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that interesting? It's the only thing that he said. What is he looking for? He's looking for a relationship. God the Father said that only sentence. He said, in him I'm well pleased, listen to him. Now what does it mean to listen to Jesus? Can anyone tell me here, what does it really mean to listen to Jesus? What does it really mean to listen to Jesus? Obey him? To... To do his will. So, sorry. To to do to read his word. Amen. I'm looking for one particular phrase. I always like to look at the crowd. <laughs> Function in spirit, progress. Be transformed. Close. Trust. One at a time, please. <laughs> so the father said, in this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. What does that mean for us today? He gave us the benchmark or the standard of who the father really is manifested in <coughs> Jesus. What does that mean for us? To obey. To obey. These are all good points, but I'm looking for one, one particular thing. To be made in His image, close, Mary and Mary, close. Faith, pure. 
to be led by the Holy Spirit. All right, stop, stop, stop. Stop, stop, stop. So we are to mimic or imitate Jesus. So imitate or mimic Jesus. We are to, to imitate the life of Jesus. We are to live as, as he lived. Let's, um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. <coughs> now this is a simple teaching. But that's how Jesus is. He's simple. He doesn't want us to be in a complicated relationship with him. He's simple. Our life is not simple. We want a bit of everything today. <laughs> Go to Hebrews 11.6. Now I've heard the Holy Spirit maybe in the many times tell me to tell the people that he's not pleased with them. And do you think I like to do that? I, if anything, I create more of a, an attack over my life. But I've seen the Holy Spirit tell me to tell the people that he's not pleased with them. And it's happened many times. God loves us. We're not beyond to be repaired by the Lord. But he's not pleased with everyone. Now, the scriptures that I read today are going to show you how to please the Lord. And the instructions from the word in how to please the Lord. There's going to be sound doctrine coming today, but truth of what God really wants in us. And that is the truth. Now let's go to Hebrews 11.6 and I'll read it. It's in the Amplified. Most of the scriptures are in the Amplified today. Okay, so we can all see that, right? I'm going to read from here because I wrote this one down. But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Now, let's have a look at this word here. The word diligently, for all those who are following on the Esod, the word is exaitia, something like that. Exaitia, that's in the Greek. The Strong's is 1567 for all those who are following. And this is interesting here. The word diligently from the Greek means to search out, to investigate. We are meant to investigate what faith really means. Because the word that he's, he's speaking about here is faith. So we are to search out what faith really means. We are to investigate what faith really means. We are to crave what faith really means. These are the four words that it gave me. To search out, to investigate, to crave, and to carefully seek after. 
So what does that show us? That faith has multiple levels, levels that we are to walk in. Right? So, we, so, so many people see faith today as what? Faith to heal, faith to deliver people, faith to operate in the Holy Spirit. But there's another realm and dimension of faith, faith that pleases God. And that's, a, that's personal. It's personal. This faith here is personal. Because he's talking about walking with God. Now we don't walk with God to heal and to deliver and to operate in his kingdom and do. We walk with God because he's our saviour. He's the love of our life. We walk with him because he is God. The way that we treat him has to change. It really does. Meaning he wants to be, like I said before, whoever missed out. He wants to be worshipped for who he is, not what he can do for us. If, if, you can, if, you can, if you can go to God like that, you are safe. And you would begin to excel in your journey with the Lord. Now this is all by experience that I preach. And it's the truth. So we are to search out, to investigate, to crave, to carefully seek after. And like I said before, the dangers, the danger of someone who gets saved in the beginning <coughs> has so much zeal, has so much love, has, has so much joy, but they don't, they don't feed themselves with the knowledge of God that actually completes them. So when things do happen, they are caught off guard. God doesn't do that. But the scripture tells you he does. So th there is more of a... You're prepared, if anything. You're prepared for what's to come. Preparation for what's to come. Nothing is caught off guard. You're not easily swayed. You're not offended. You're not broken. Your vision doesn't change because you've prepared for what's God going to walk you through. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 28 to 29. Now the Holy Spirit told me to preach this message. Because why? Why does he want me to preach this message? Because he wants us to please him. Let's read John chapter 8, verse 28 to 29. So Jesus said, <coughs> Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, he has not left me alone, for I always do what? You see what a relationship is about? It's not about ticking boxes. When you're in a relationship with him, we want to please him. But it, that all begins for what he done for us. The Bible says that 
we did not love him first, but he loved us first and gave up himself for us. It all begins how we receive from him. But to be in a relationship, we are to please him. And it's very important that you know this. Are you in a relationship with him? Are you in a relationship with him every day where you're not, your journey is not based on what he can do for you, but it's based on how you walk with him and fellowship with him every day? It's very important that you know this. How you treat Jesus is so important. And like I said, when I first started my journey, I was vulnerable. I needed healing, I needed deliverance, I needed restoration, I needed a new mind. I needed things to shift from my life. I needed the devil to go away from me. And Jesus took them all. He took them all and restored me. But I learned very quickly that Jesus wanted a relationship with me. He wanted a relationship with me. I'm falling in love with him every day. And that's so important for us to know. And I see so many people, they struggle today because they learn Jesus for the needs and the wants, but they didn't learn him to be in a relationship and communion with him. Very important you know this. The Father said one thing from heaven. Jesus said one thing about the Father. All I want to do is please him. All he's doing, my son is pleasing me. What does that tell us today? He wants a relationship with us. When you're in a relationship with someone, he's always speaking. Good, uh, good season or bad season. But we've learned, him to, we've learned to speak, uh, for him to speak with us in bad season. Because that's when we're most active to speak with him. Right? But he speaks in the good season too. And in the good seasons is where you're taught so much. Because when you're enjoying the Lord, so much flows from that area. So when you're in a relationship with him, with him he's always speaking. Very important, you know this. And that comes down to how you treat him every day and how you walk with him. And the dangers of coming to him when you need something compared to the fellowshipping from every day for who he is, not what he can do. So many people are selfish. There's no other way to put it. And the way that you see you're selfish is that you've, you've gotten what you want and slowly, slowly your appetite and your desire for him begins to decrease. I'm not praying enough. I'm not committed enough. I'm not hungry enough. Y you know why? Because you use God for what you need. It's the truth. It doesn't matter how I word it, that's how it comes out. People today are selfish. And how does selfishness operate? When I get what I want, I don't need that person anymore. That's the flesh. That's all our flesh. But if you can come to Jesus every day and worship him because he's God, his saviour, he's the love of your life, he will be with you every day. And you'll be built on a relationship that can never fail. Amen? It's the truth. See, even the boy clapped for me. <laughs> Jesus wants a relationship. 
he thrives for a relationship. What does that say? That he knows us, he loves us, he cares for us. But our flesh, unfortunately, in the beginning is so uh, cunning, so selfish. When we get what we want, we don't need him anymore. And so many people stay in the arena of Satan in this area because they're like that. They stay in the arena of the devil because they're happy to get the devil away from their life, but they're not happy to surrender to Jesus. I'm telling you how many times my phone rang when people are in need, when people are struggling. Every time the front three rows are full, help me, devil's after me, he's attacking me, I can't sleep, wake up three, four in the morning, pray. Then we starting to pray here. They're happy, they're restored, they got what they want. I don't see him anymore. Is that how you're going to treat Jesus? Is that how you want to treat Jesus? Because God sees. That's not a relationship. That's actually using him. And I don't mean to offend anyone, but that's the truth. Jesus wants a relationship with us. And so many people he's not pleased with because they've used him. They've taken advantage of him. And he is too good, too compassionate, too loving to ever fail us in any way. But he called us to surrender our life to him. Now when you're in a relationship, you're married to him. You don't see your life outside of him anymore. And that's when you truly surrender. So there are scriptures that tells us how, we, how he is displeased with us. I'm going to speak with him. So isn't it interesting, the only voice that the father ever spoke, did he speak anything else to the father? This is my son, relationship, and I'm well pleased with him. He's making me happy. So Jesus' greatest desire, who's a replica and, 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 a, and an image of the father, was to actually please Jesus on earth. And there are stages that you go through where you're complete in how to please God. There are different stages and different levels of how to please God. One person has to go through to become mature. Now the, the, the end result of pleasing God is operating in the kingdom. Is to seek and save the lost. Is to be a person, the Bible says the one who is wise, he wins souls. Now that's the ultimate, that's the final result of someone who's been in a relationship with God. Now the first ones, people don't want to speak about. And I'm going to speak about them today. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. Now this is simple teaching. Some people, they get excited when I speak some deep spiritual scripture. There's many coming, but this one's the most important. Because what's the point of spiritual insight if you're not in a relationship with him? It's true. How many people come and go as they want? When the devil's knocking on the door, sickness is knocking on the door, mental attacks are knocking on the door, 
Poverty is knocking on the door. They're on the frontier. When they get what they want, slowly, slowly the appetite begins to decrease. Don't do this anymore. It's the truth. Love me or hate me, I tell you the truth. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. Now here, this is a scripture that displeases God. It says here, for those who are living, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. For those who are living according to their flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and His purpose. Now isn't that interesting? How God sees that you're pleasing Him is when you're operating in His will and being led by the Spirit. And that leads you what? To self-denial, to surrender your life to Christ. To operate in His kingdom. Now what did Jesus say when the little children came to Him and the disciples rebuked them? What did He say? Let the children come to Me, for it is My pleasure to give them what? To give them the kingdom. It's his pleasure. He's pleased to give you the kingdom. It says, Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. So someone wants to know now, okay, am I really pleasing the Lord? I speak black and white to you. If you're in an area or the arena where sin is dominating your life or it's afflicting your life or it's trying to take over you, then the truth is that you're still, your mind is set on the flesh. It says here, now the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever because it pursues sin, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. So there is scripture that tells you where God is not pleased with you. Now, by God's grace, we can change. By God's mercy, we can change. But so many Christians today are operating like this. Where God sees, God loves me, and God's for me, and they're in the arena of the flesh where their pulses and their appetites is for the flesh. We go to the next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 to 14. Now this is a bit long, but let's read this here. This is a, the first sentence. 
Now this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 to 14. Now can I share something with you? Every day my walk with God is to please Him. So I'm studying the scriptures every day not to preach, not to prepare a message, not to be someone for God, but actually to please the Lord. Right? That's how you should treat Him. See, when you, when you pursue, pursue knowledge or you pursue the Word of God to please God, He feeds you. He lets you hear, He lets you understand. But when you read to be someone and you're not transformed, He doesn't let you hear. It's the truth. Black and white I share with you. When you're, when you're pursuing God to please Him, he lets you hear, He lets you see, He lets you understand. And it's true. It's true. When you're genuine like this, He lets you understand. Now let's read this. Nevertheless, God was not well pleased with the most of them. He's talking about Israel in the Old Testament. But now he gives us an example. For they were scattered along the ground in the wilderness because their lack of self-control led to disobedience which led to death. Now these things, the warnings and admonitions, took place as an example for us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Do not be worshippers of handmade gods, as some of them were, just as was written in scriptures, the people sat down to eat and drink after sacrificing to the golden calf at Horeb, and stood up to play indulging in immoral activities. We must not indulge in nor tolerate sexual immorality, as, sub, as some of them did, and 23,000 suddenly fell dead in a single day. We must not tempt the Lord, that is, test His patience, question His purpose, or exploit His goodness, as some of them did, and they were killed by the serpents. And do not murmur. Now this is a very big one in the body today. Especially when they don't get their way. And do not murmur in unwarranted discontent as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example and warning to us. They were written for our instructions to admonish us and equip us upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands firm, immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous, take care that he does not fall into sin and condemnation. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken, enticed you that is not common to human experience. Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, 
He has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well so that you'll be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with the joy. Therefore, my beloved, run. Keep far, far away from any sort of idolatry and that includes loving anything more than God or participating in anything that leads to sin and enslaves the soul. Now, this is a very deep scripture. But the whole point of this teaching today is that if you're really pleasing the Lord and the area that he wants and also the area that Satan fights for, Satan is fighting for your soul. And it's the truth. Are we understanding? The way that we please Jesus is when we give him our soul. And what is our soul connected to? Our mind, our emotions, our feelings. Very important, you know this. Okay, so we've discovered now that there are scriptures in the Bible, unfortunately, where you can displease God. Now, let's see scriptures here that God wants us to invite in our hearts so we can please Him. We go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 10. What's the heading? Very good. So I'll read it all and then when I get to the bottom you can start a whole paragraph because I nearly went dizzy. So it says here, it says, Therefore become imitators of God Copy him and follow his example as well, beloved children. Imitate their father. And walk continually in love. Now here he's showing you what actually pleases him. Now isn't it interesting how the basis of our journey of how we truly imitate God is love. Love allows you when you're loved by God and you know you're loved by God you can accept anything from him. Right? Even hardship, even trials, even challenges, even discipline, even purging. You can accept anything from God when you know that you're loved. Because you know anything that he does inside of you is to benefit you to move forward and for you to be further free. So it has to be love in the beginning. Now see now the difference of how you treat others. God is interested in how you treat others. Not how you treat others here in the, church, in the Bible study. Everyone can treat everyone good here. It's how you treat your, in your workplace, how you treat your children, how you treat people that are re- coming uh, to 
uh, trigger you and to cause trouble for you. He says, walk continually in love, that is, value one another. Now, isn't that interesting? This very statement deals with a person who's selfish. When you value someone, or you value someone else, you're dealing with selfishness. It's not about you anymore. It's about how you can relieve and restore and help people. Jesus loves this. He says, walk continually in love, that is, value one another, practice empathy, and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave up himself for us. An offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. But sexual immorality, now he's dealing with sin in your heart. The first paragraph was dealing how you treat others, and how you are to serve others. Now he's dealing with sin in your heart. But this scripture is how to imitate God. By sexual morality and all moral impurity, indecent, offensive behavior or greed must not even be hinted among you. Not even hinted. Not even a speck among in your heart. What does that show you? What does that show you? That how deep you have to be with God so He can actually cleanse you. That's what it actually <laughs> that's what it actually tells you. How deep in communion you are with Him where His reflection becomes yours. But like I said, the Bible says when you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. So many people draw with draw near to Him for the things they need to be healed or restored from. They don't draw near to Him to be transformed and changed. It's true. Because if you're still a slave to that, it means you haven't drawn near to him to actually imitate him. You've drawn near to him to get something from him. That's a fake son or a fake daughter. Doesn't matter how hard it sounds, it's true. But you can change. You can actually change. Because the greatest reward you can receive from the cross where Jesus nailed everything is you're free from all those things. And you purely rely on Him. Now look at this here. But sexual morality and all moral impurity, indecent offensive behavior or greed must not even be hinted among you as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. Let, let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene or vulgar, vulgar joking because such things are not appropriate for believers but instead speak of your thankfulness to God. Now we all need to be sharpened in this area because such things are not appropriate for believers but instead speak of your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this. No immoral, impure or greedy person for, for that one is in effect an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Thanks for that. 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. For such a person places a higher value on something other than God. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. So do not participate or even associate with them in their rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and all righteousness and truth. Trying to learn, trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be example of what is most acceptable to Him, your behavior expresses Gratitude to God for your salvation. So this here is showing us what actually pleases the Lord. Now there are four statements in that scripture. I want you to read them. One deals with um, how you treat people. One deals with how you treat God. One deals with your sinful nature. One deals with exposing sinful nature. And it's very important that we know this because we're all here what? To please the Lord with our time on earth. Right? You're not going to be here for a long time. You're not going to be here forever. And that's the truth. Right? Everyone that is here, you're not going to be here forever. You're not going to be here forever. Change now. And use your time in wisdom. Next one, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. They're all long scriptures, so bear with me please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 to 12. <clears throat> so, so many people come to me every week, I'll do anything for the Lord. Let's start working on your heart. Let's start cleansing yourself. No, nothing wrong with me. Nothing wrong with me. Because you know, you, you know him shallow. That's why you haven't seen what's inside your heart. You know in the scripture, in Psalms, where it says, Lord, you search me and see if there's any offensive way in me. That scripture, in the, you read in context, they're in the presence. Where can I go from your presence? That's in the very same scripture that you read. And isn't it interesting that because he was in the presence, he was able to see what's really in his heart. Because he spent time with God, a mirror reflected to his heart, God was able to show him what's really inside. So, so many people that don't invest in the presence will not see what's really in their heart. So many people come to me, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't see what's inside of me because you haven't invested in his presence, which reflects your heart. So you can see what needs to be addressed. You must understand. The greatest danger that I've seen from today is people say, I can't see what's inside of me. I don't know what needs to be addressed. I don't know what's, what needs to be worked on. 
So if you don't know what needs to be worked on, how can you please him to welcome him to, for him to change you? It says, Lord, you search me, see if there's any offensive way, meaning his dis- anything that's displeased the Lord. That same context is in the presence. He said that in the presence of God, Psalms 139. He said it in the presence of God. So the presence of God is the benefit that allows God to mold your heart. So how many people here don't invest enough time in God's presence? You will never see what's really hidden there. You will never see what's hidden there. You will never see. If you do, you will see. And, and once you see something, you can't unsee it. It either tramples over you and dominates you, or you take it to the Lord and deal with it little by little. Walking with the Lord, it's not an easy fix. It requires all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. I think I'm preaching to myself. Now, let's read this scripture. It says, finally. When you hear the word finally, what's that mean? I've summed up the whole book that I've written in one page. I think I can read it like that, right? Yeah. So, so he's, he's, getting to the, he's getting to the meat. Finally, I've summed up the whole book that I've written and I'm going to give it to you in a page. Oh, he's probably frustrated with everyone. They're not listening. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. It says, finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instructions that you receive from us about how you ought to walk and please God. Just as you actually are doing. Now here he's showing them that they're actually doing it. But there's more. And that you excel even more and more, pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. For you know what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, separated and set apart from sin. Now something, when I went hunting and camping two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit said something to me to share with the boys, but I'll share it with you here today. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to preach about the difference on resisting sin because it's wrong and, and hating sin. The difference between that. See, so many people resist sin because it's wrong, but some people resist sin because they hate it. And the Holy Spirit wanted to show them the level that they are actually walking in. Now, so many people resist sin because it's wrong, but they still get a food from it. They still get an appetite from it. It still does something for them. And I gave an example. Forgive me if I say it like this. But I gave an example like a friend with benefits. How he, he'll use him or her to sleep with her, but he hates her, but it's benefiting him. 
and it's like sin, like a friend with the benefit. I, I, I would sleep with her or sleep with him, but I hate them, but it does me something. And I gave the analogy of how sin is. And so many people resist sin, but, but they're friends with sin. And then some people resist sin because they actually hate it. And that's where God manifests. God wants us to hate sin. God wants us to resist sin because we hate it. We're at war with it. That's the mindset that we have to have towards sin. Now in the beginning when I started my journey, I didn't treat sin like that. It done something in my body. It gave me a food, but I hate it. But it gave me a food. That's how I started to see the level of the fear of God that I actually walk in. So when I started to hate the stain of sin, I'm at war with it. That's where self-control started to take place in me. Are we understanding? Forgive me if I use the analogy for some sensitive people here. We don't resist sin because it's wrong. We resist sin because we hate it. That's where self-control begins to burst inside of you. And that's where the fear of God starts to take you. What does the Bible say? Hate what is, love what is, hate it. I asked the Lord, Lord, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Teach me to hate what is evil, Lord. I asked him because I want to be at war with sin. I want to be at war with sin where Satan is resisted. He cannot target me anymore, right? Because Satan comes at what an opportune time when you lack the fear of God. This is when he comes. Resist him and he'll what? He will flee. But how is he resisted? When you hate what is evil. Do you hate gossip? Do you hate slander? Do you hate belittling someone? See, when you start to hate all these things, Satan's not attracted to you anymore. See, Satan can be attracted to your flesh. If he's not attracted to your flesh, he's attracted to your character. If he's not attracted to your character, he's attracted to your mind. Poverty mindset, suffering mindset. If he's not attracted to your mind, he's attracted to your emotions. I'm weak and poor me and woe me. And you see the areas that we have to address? There's many areas that Satan wants to conquer. Anyways, I keep going. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, separated and set apart from sin, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body. Thanks for that. His own body in holiness and honor, being available for God's purpose, and separate from the things profound. What makes you available? What makes you available to God? 
the way that you're cleansed. So many people are uh, uh, polluted by sin, where there's stains of sin in their life, in their mind, in their heart, in their character, in their body. And guess what? You miss out on being available for God. Now how sad is that? How sad is that where God wants to, He wants to work through you, but you're not available by the way you didn't cleanse your life. Think about that. Think about that. Because what happens after cleansing or sanctification? You make yourself available for the Lord. Separated from things profound, not to be used in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God and are ignorant of his will. And this and that in this matter of sexual misconduct, no man, no man shall transgress and defraud his brother because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Just as we have told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us to impurity but to holiness, to be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him. Now naturally, when you work on these things, God reveals himself to you. Naturally. Because you've understood what pleases him. Lord, use me and Lord, I'll do whatever you want. This all sounds good, means nothing. Until you start to open your heart, until you start to invest your time with God in his presence, those words carry no value. They carry no power. Until you sit and start and let him slowly dismantle your old nature or your old man, nothing takes place. So begging God, yes Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Yes Lord, send me, I'm the only one. The man said in the Old Testament, I'm the only one and God rebuked him. I have 7,000 that haven't kneeled to Balaam. God has many people who have cleansed themselves that he can use. Don't you want to be part of it? Die to the right things. The Holy Spirit spoke at the group again two weeks when he went to the bush. The Holy Spirit said, religion dies to the wrong things. A person who walks religiously with God dies to the wrong things. A person who walks rightfully with the Holy Spirit dies to the right things. And you see the two analogies that Jesus always gives. We are to die to the right things. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you have been personally taught by God to love one another, and that is to have an unselfish concern for others, and to do things for their benefit. Now look at the things that pleases God. Are you a person that will do things for people and expect nothing from them? Just, just think about it. Are you a person that will do anything for anyone and not expect anything from them? Just think about that. Because our flesh, <laughs> unfortunately, always wants to be seen that we are doing whatever kind of works or whatever you're doing, the giving or whatever it is. 
in your heart, do you have a heart that wants to do things for someone and you don't need nothing from them? Think about that. Is that your character? Is that your heart? Because selfishness will tell you, I demand him to show me respect because I've done so much for him. He owes me something. And it's interesting how we do things. And indirectly we hold people to ransom. I've done too much for you. I, pr I pray for you, reps. Thank you. Thank you for praying for me. And then I'm obligated to do something for that person. I do things for people because I love God. I don't need anything from anyone. The Lord knows this. I don't need anything from anyone. I do things because He loved me first. And I can love people without any expectation. Now, yes, we're called to be a family. Yes, we're called to walk together. But are you a person that does things to glorify Jesus only? Where He sees and He rewards you? Or do you want your reward to be from the people? Because let me tell you something. That heart is very dangerous. Your expectation will be from man and you, you restrict God from actually blessing you and promoting you and moving you forward. So all the people that serve and worship here, they went through so much testing. I watched them. They served. They didn't complain. they done everything for their service towards God. And God will bless them in the way He knows. They serve from their heart because they're doing it unto Jesus. See, whenever you do anything and it's unto Jesus, you're protected. God can give you more. Because the works that He prepared for you are before where? Before the foundation of the universe. Imagine your expectation is from man. For indeed you already do practice it towards all the believers throughout Macedonia by actively displaying your love and concern for them. But we urge you brothers and sisters that you excel in this manner. Now there's two excellings here, but you read in your own time how we are to excel. Meaning, what does that mean? That we can never be comfortable in our journey. There's always a great work and there's always a maturity and there's always a spiritual growth in how we can grow further. Never be comfortable with your journey. Yes, we are comfortable with Jesus. We have peace with Him because of His blood. But we are never to get comfortable with our journey. Because the moment you get comfortable, there's no room for change. There's no room for growth. Are we understanding? Yes. Now this is the interesting one. This is all for the Arabic, the Arab community. <laughs> this one here, minding your own business. Now I think he wrote this in um, he wrote this in the Ara in, in, in Mount Arabia.
But we, but, but we urge you, brothers and sisters, that you excel in this manner more and more and to make it your ambition to live quietly and peacefully and to mind your own business. <laughs> to mind your own affairs and work with your hands. What does that tell you? Don't expect anyone to save you. Take responsibility for your own self and trust God for him to begin to, make you for, to move you forward. And imagine you're always trusting for people to get you out of trouble or to rescue you. That's, that's, that's our community in a nutshell. We're always thinking, who's our next saviour? Who's going to deliver us from this? The same thing that Egypt suffered from when they got delivered from the exodus. God wants us to take responsibility. Why? Character is everything. Character is everything. Imagine you have a mindset that I'm going to rely on this person to save me. You never take responsibility for what's really in your heart. The failure, the defeat, the, the low opinion of yourself, the lack of confidence. See, when you take ownership and responsibility of yourself, guess what happens? Yes, we are to rely on each other and help each other. There's no problem with that. But imagine you're always wanting someone to deliver you. Then you're blaming other people because you're in that situation. Then you truly haven't forgiven them. I hear so many people, I'm bankrupt because my brother bankrupted me. And he, he owes me something. Okay, God's come in the picture now. He wants to rescue you. He's your provider now, God our Father. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above who does not change like shifting shadows. Now your, your fleshly brothers out of the picture, you have God the Father now. Take responsibility and move. So many people are still blaming people from the past, still inviting that devil that was attached from the past to come back in your new nature. So Satan is very crafty, I have to say this. Satan is very crafty from bringing your pain from the past to re-enter again to torment you with the things he tormented you from the past because he's the ancient dragon he comes with the things of the old just think about that he wants to entangle you with your old nature and if you have released that from your heart or if you have if you have unresolved issues in your heart satan will bring that to you again so, so many people that got delivered in the last four to five months, Holy Spirit told me that's what they're doing. I'm not going to say any names, but the Holy Spirit told me that's what they're actually doing. So, and to mind your own affairs and work with your hands, just as you, we directed you, said that you'll behave properly towards outsiders, ex Exhibiting good character, personal integrity, moral courage, worthy of the respect of the outside world. And be dependent on no one and in need of nothing, be self-supporting. Now, it's, it's very powerful. Yes, we carry each other's burdens in that way we fulfill the law of Christ. But imagine always relying on someone to get you out of trouble or to fix your problem. God fixes your problem now. The Holy Spirit gives you solutions to get out now. 
So when you rely on him, he gets you out. But when you rely on things of the old, all you're doing is entangling yourself again. So this scripture has some weight behind it. Where so many people blame their past, they blame their past, they blame their trauma, gives them a ticket for Satan to come in and attack him again. So if you're not blaming people, you're blaming your situation, giving you a ticket to feel like that, that keeps the enemy in your playground. Are we listening, anyone here? You don't know what I've been through. Are you forgiven? Are you delivered by Jesus? Why are you bringing it up anymore? Yeah, but like there's pain. But has Jesus delivered you? Has Jesus restored you? Has Jesus healed you? If not, focus in this area. Because if you don't focus on this area, the Satan will stay dominating this area. So a lot of people bring up the past where they blame their spouses, they, bla they blame their uh, family members, or they blame the trauma that's in their heart. It gives them a ticket why they can complain. It gives them a ticket why they're feeling like this. They never take responsibility and they stay captive. Chains. No one's got handcuffs here? No, I hope not. But that's what you're doing to your soul. That's what you're actually doing to your soul. So the moment I stopped blaming anyone for what, they, for what I've been through, God was able to work purely on my heart. Where I'm not bringing up the past that's given me a ticket to blame people, give me a ticket to feel the way that I'm feeling. See, you can feel down and you say, no, I'm feeling down because... He's put me through so much trauma. I can feel down, Lord, I have an empty heart. I feel like I'm broken, Lord. Heal this area. See, I'm going to Him to heal me, where you go to people to actually give you a license not to change. Have we understand this, someone? There's so much meat in this scripture here that I just read. So much. Spend time with it. I'm just giving you the food. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 21. Now these are the three main scriptures. Oh, there's probably one more. But this is the, this is the meat of it, how to please God. Okay, let's read it now. For we know that if the earthly tent, our physical body, which is our house, is torn down through death, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our immortal, eternal, celestial dwellings, so that by putting it on we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, often weighed down, oppressed, not that we want to be unclothed, separated by death from the body, but to be clothed so that 
what is mortal, the body will be swallowed. Up by life after the resurrection. Now he who has made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment on the fulfillment of his purpose. Now let's hold that scripture that I just read here. Why we have truly received the Holy Spirit. So then, being always filled with good courage and confident hope, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are, as was saying, of good courage and confident hope, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with Him, it is our constant ambition to what? To please Him. Is that how you're treating Him in your journey on this life? Think about it. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body whether good or bad. Now have you ever thought about that judgment day? Have you ever thought about that judgment day? Good or bad? You'll be brought to account by the living God, Jesus Christ, to give account for the good or the bad. Now what does that tell you now here? Of why the Holy Spirit was truly given to you. Let's keep reading. And you will see. So that... Uh, sorry. Uh, one more up. Okay. So let's read in context. So we'll be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each one will be held responsible. Now this is the punchline. Each one will be held responsible for his actions, yes, purposes, goals, motives, and the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Now Jesus is going to tell you, why didn't you prepare yourself? Because I've written your book on this earth. Why didn't you prepare yourself and cleanse yourself so you could have fulfilled your plan here on earth? He's going to ask you. But I'm asking you now. But he's going to ask you this. He's going to ask each one of you here. You're going to leave this body. Whether you like it or not, you're going to die. And he's going to ask you. Whether you like it or not, you don't, please don't talk about this. It's making it uncomfortable. <laughs> he's going to ask you. It's the truth. He's going to ask you. I had different plans. I had a different vision. I had a different ambition. I had different desires. He's going to ask you. Whether you like it or not, He's going to ask you. Isn't it better now to change? Is it better now to, to, to work with the Holy Spirit, a pledge, 
guaranteeing your salvation. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to you, to what? Dominate all these areas. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to you, as a pledge guaranteeing your salvation, to dominate what? Your actions, your purposes, your goals, and your motives, and what? Your time. So you begin to look deeply now. What is my life? Because he's going to bring him to account. And yes, he's going to say, Rab showed you the scripture. <laughs> but it's the truth. You, ha you can't escape. Whether you never come back today, you can't escape. <laughs> he's actually going to tell you, I showed you what my word says. I'm not showing you. I don't, that's his word. And we are part of it. Therefore, now where did this all come from? Where does all this come from? The Holy Spirit, now this is the meat now. The Holy Spirit as a pledge guaranteeing your salvation, what did it really teach them? Mm. You got to read it in context and understand what the Holy Spirit's cultivating. All the Holy Spirit's main goal, why the Holy Spirit was given, was to teach you this one. And when He teaches you this one, all these are in the arena of God. Can you understand someone? Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to Him, but we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us, and I hope that we are plainly known also in your conscience. So many people say, uh, you look very deep in this area. What is God interested with? What is God interested with? Can we please go up one second? Here's one more. Up, yeah. He's interested in what? All your actions, all your purposes, all your goals, all your motives, all your times, all your abilities for Him, and all the opportunities for Him. Is there anything else other than that in your life? That's everything. So when you question yourself and you say, am I pleasing the Lord? Your response today will be no. Because we ha all have areas to work on. That's how someone wise should respond. That's how I would respond. Some people say, come Lord Jesus, come. And they haven't done nothing for him. They didn't even disconnect from their sinful nature or disconnect from the spirit of the world and they're saying Lord Jesus come Lord Jesus come well, what are you going to take to heaven you've done nothing for him is it true or not what are you actually going to take to heaven what are you actually going to take for him if you haven't first dealt with the evil and the sinful nature and the rebellious nature Simple teaching, but it's the truth. So now you've learned now why the Holy Spirit was given. The Holy Spirit was given to know the fear of the Lord. And what does the fear of the Lord tell you? That He's going to judge you good and bad. 
What does that tell you? How much you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to purge everything that is not of Him? Are we understanding? How much you to rely on the Holy Spirit to purge everything that is not of Him? Uh, is that the last scripture? Okay. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but are giving you an occasion to be rightfully proud of us, so that you'll have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearance, the virtues, uh, bottom one, yeah. They pretend, smart one, red arrow, they pretend to have, they pretend to have rather than what is actually in heart. Now, let's read this again. They, those who take pride in outward appearances, the virtues they pretend to have rather than what is actually in their heart. Now, there are two Gospels here. One would say, he's blessed, he has everything. The other one would say, he's blessed, he's been transformed in his heart. You get two sides of the Gospel here. You get people that preach about material things, you'll prosper, you have everything. You have another form of Gospel, the true Gospel, is I've been transformed in my heart. So when you see me wear gold chains and all this stuff, run for your life, leave this place. Now, it looks, it's funny, this one. Paul is saying, if we're out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. But if we're in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. If he died for us, then we are all to die. Die to the right things. For he died for all, so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. Amen. I'm going to stop now. I'll stop now. There's a bit, of bit to go through there, but I feel like those scriptures are enough. I will continue it, but let's pray. See how God's word keeps us on our toes? God's word keeps us on our toes. And it's just interesting. In one scripture that I read, we are, we are commanded to excel even more in two areas of our life. Yeah, just leave it, bro. Sorry. We are commanded to excel in many areas of our life. What does that tell us? To be open to learn, to be open to grow, and to be open to be teachable. Not to think you have it all together. And I say this humbly. Because the scripture humbled us today. To really see the areas that need to be addressed in our life. Amen. So put your hand on your heart today. We thank you Jesus. From all your heart. We thank you Jesus. That you died for us. 
And if one died, then we are all to die. I pray from today, Lord Jesus Christ, you promised us when two or more agree on something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. Lord, I pray for myself first and for everyone here that we die to the right things. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord Jesus, by your spirit of grace and by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, we come to find mercy, help, and grace in time of need. We pray, Lord, that every area of our life, our actions, our purposes, our goals, our time, is truly dedicated to you from today. I pray, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, because it's not by might, it's not by strength, by your Spirit, that our true devotion is entirely for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray this prayer, Lord, that you allow us to operate like this and you allow us to fulfill this by your Holy Spirit that has produced the fear of the Lord in us and the love of God that compels us to move forward. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you for your truth today. But I pray from today, Lord, that each one may see who they really are on earth and may understand that their time is limited. They may take this journey serious. Thank you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. And you meet us where we are, but help us to move forward and excel where we haven't fallen in love with anything other than you. Help us to see it, Lord. Help us to understand it. Thank you for your truth that sets us free. We love you, Jesus. We honor you in this place. And I bless your name today, Jesus. Thank you for all that you have done. We worship you and glorify you. And I pray, Lord, that you teach us how to die and teach us how to become true children of our Father in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want you to think about what was said today and to go home and be true with yourself, with your own heart, and with the Lord Jesus. And He will help you. He will strengthen you and He will help you where He's the Lord over every area of your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you.